Hello, good evening, and welcome to the latest edition of the Game is About Glory's Summer Pod Specials. Tonight we will be dipping into the world of fantasy and dream, surely the prime territory of all us Tottenham Hotspur supporters, and selecting our favourite Spurs team of all time, with a few caveats to be explained. Here to help me do that are Awesome, Ricky and Milo. Hi Steph. Morning Steph. So the ground rules. We've only included players that we have seen, which means that there are going to be some great players like Danny Blanchflower, Jimmy Greaves, Martin Peters, Cliff Jones, Alan Gilzine, Ralph Coates, Pat Jennings, Dave Mackay, even Alfie Conn that don't make the shortlist. Not because they weren't stupendous spurs, but because most people at the Games About Glory never saw them play live. Well, most people. You might want to take a guess at which of us might have seen a couple of them, but that's uh, up to you, actually. Uh, But sort of following on from that, our starting point is the early 80s, and some of us are going to have better memories of the earlier players than others. That's a given. We've chosen a 4-4-2 formation for overall ease, and that's meant that we've had to fit some players into a formation that they rarely played. Uh, However, bear in mind that in the modern game, formations are flexible. Uh, We all know that, right? So creativity is required. We've only picked a player for the shortlist once. So players who played multiple positions have been picked in their best known position, or in some cases where we had a gap to fill. (laughs) We've picked four players for each position. And again, given that we are in 2021 with fluid systems and imaginations, etc. It is worth noting that versatility does count for something in the in choices per position. Again, we've got to say some really great players have missed the cut. And, you know, let me let me just get ahead of you before you start like saying, oh, you haven't got him. You haven't got him. No, we don't. We don't have Clive Allen. No, we don't have Steve Archibald. We don't have Rafa van der Vaart. We don't have Freddie Canute. We don't have John Scales. Um, I'm surprised. Milo, why didn't you just add Ramon Vega in there as well, for Pete's sake? There's also one highly significant name missing from our centre-back choices, and it's it's an automatic not a chance by virtue of the action said player took. It renders him ineligible. There are no arguments. I don't even want anyone to think any more about it. That's our final decision. And if you don't know who we're talking about then you really don't know your history Uh, we'll be running twitter polls on these options when the pod is released so please vote and tell us what you think we got wrong and before we get started if ever the spirit or dna of tottenham hotspur football club is defined it is by the fact that in putting these categories together we had an abundance of forwards but we're scraping around for right backs okay then onwards lads and first up we have in the goalkeeping department ray clements Eric Torsvet, Paul Robinson, or Hugo Lloris. I'm going to start with Ricky. Firstly, it's, it's kind of it's, it's weird how you view these players through the years, through the periods of life that you go through. Because my mm. 8, 10, 12-year-old self doesn't necessarily view someone the same as my kind of cynical old 40-plus-year-old self. Um, but... I always remember Clements, and the first, but I remember him when I was young. I envisaged when we got him from Liverpool that he was kind of at the end of his career already because he mm. felt like he was just at Liverpool forever and he was like a absolute world-class and great keeper for them. And it's almost felt like we were taking someone that would kind of not, you know, we wouldn't see his best years. We, he would just kind of see out his career at us. But I mean, I did have a little look and he made 240 appearances for us and he played seven years for us and he did join when he was 33. So he was old, wow. but he still churned out so much. And, and 
we all fondly remember him, don't we? Mm. We think Clements was just one of our top keepers. And as I say, I never thought he would churn out enough appearances or time to sort of establish that kind of position with us. So um, I've fond memories of him, definitely. And Eric the Viking, I think he was one of those ones. Had a nice song. We all kind of felt quite in love with Eric. And I think I remember, did he used to dispose of his gloves after every game into the crowd? Do you remember that? Always with the away fans and that kind of thing or when we're at home and then more modern keepers I then is Robinson and Loris basically and I think Robbo I like Robbo he's a nice he's a lovely bloke and that but I think he then did end up going for a bit of a bad spell mm. um, I mean maybe this whether this was true I suppose evidence might lay this out but didn't he have some problem with long shots and that kind of thing not the one he scored from but the ones he used to let in yeah. um, but um, yeah and of course our current skipper our current keeper Loris is still still performing to a high level. And I think he's been great for us in a kind of quite understated way, I think. Right, cast your vote. I think I'm going for Clements. And that's through my kid-like eyes, basically. <laughs> Beat that, awesome. I don't know what your eyes look like, mate, but you'll tell us. I'm not old enough to remember Clements, but Torsvet, he was one of those keepers that I had up in my shoot pull-out poster on the bedroom wall for, for quite some years. And um, he just looked cool. Like, he had that kind of Scandinavian clean cut he almost looks a bit like Dolph Lundgren and he was a good keeper yeah I, I was a big fan of Tours Vet. Robinson I'll always remember him for those chants in the stadium of England's number one he was good he was a good safe pair of hands and a considerable upgrade on the likes of Walker um, but I'm going to vote for Lloris because he's a keeper that I think we can be very proud of I mean he, he's given us the, the best years of his career he, I think when, when he came to us, you knew that he always wanted Champions League. And I think the timing of our emergence as a Champions League club worked quite well in terms of him committing and getting settled in London. But we're talking about a World Cup winning and potentially European Championship double act winning keeper here. I mean, he's pure class. So I'm going to I'm going to go with Hugo. He's, yeah, very grateful for him for giving us the best years of his career. So Milo, you know that kind of people their Doctor Who is their first Doctor Who. That's the one they kind of they relate to. John Pertwee, isn't it? Not for me, but Clem's my keeper. For you know, although I remember keepers before, he's the one kind of that I was there the longest, kind of formative years, as Ricky was saying, and the one that I had kind of that relationship with. So I met him once, and he, he's about the same size as me, but he was, if you know what I mean, he's kind of twice as big. You know, big hands, just a big bloke. Yeah, tall fair, gain kind of happy memories, but I, I think probably in, in hindsight, you know, probably not as good as. Uh, yeah, some of the others on this list. Robbo reminds me of good times. I really enjoyed going to the lane during that period. I've spoken before about how much I loved uh, Yol's teams. They had a great relationship with the crowd. I was there when he scored, which was great. But um, I'm going to go for Lloris as well. He's been a fantastic keeper. I think probably the first five years are probably better than the, you know, the second half of his time with us. But he's still a phenomenal keeper. Still the best shot stopper in the league. Um, his stats for last season, despite having a kind of wobbly patch in the middle, were really, really good. Yeah, I'm going for Lloris. Interesting. I, I first of all have to say that Ray Clements will always be my favourite for the reasons that I think a couple of you have already said. I went up and down the country watching him for us for several years and he was peerless other than one terrible mistake against Barcelona. It was really the only mistake I ever remember seeing him make for us. Equally, I have to agree with everyone about, about Hugo. I mean, what a phenomenal keeper. And, you know, I mean, you can't argue with someone uh, who, as Awesome said, has lifted the World Cup. And I, incidentally, I do believe he is the only skipper, uh, you know, the only skipper of ours who's lifted the World Cup. So, I mean, it's a double captain, silverware, biggest prize in football ever lifting thing. I find myself uh, voting for Clements, which leaves us as a two on two. But 
if there is a casting vote and I'm going to assume that I'm going to make it, I suppose it would have to go to Hugo Lloris because he is the modern keeper. I don't know if I can. Can I? Let's just say, I, let, okay, let me let me rewrite that bit and let me just say no, that's okay. It's okay. I'm going to vote. I'm going to vote for Clem because my my heart and my memories are so so aligned with everything I saw with him. But equally, if there is a casting vote to be given, I would not be unhappy in any way, shape, or form to see Hugo be our keeper because he has been absolutely phenomenal. And 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 I I concur with what uh, both you, Milo, and you, Awesome, said about him. Okay, hang on. We're going to shut the door and we're going to say that Hugo edges it by virtue of the modern era. So Hugo edges it, but Ray Clements, you are a legend. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, uh, Paul. Okay, right back. We have Stephen Carr. We have Mr. Uh, Walker. We have the mighty Steve Perryman. And we have the superlative Pascal Chimbonda. Awesome. Bring us away. I think Chimbonda's got to be pretty glad he's made that list of four. But um, <laughs> I have... I have um, I, again, unfortunately, I I don't have memories of, of of Perryman. I do have happy memories of Stephen Carr being a, a team of the season, as in Premier League team of the season level right back at a time when we were we were pretty awful. His goal against Man United is stuck in my mind as one of the uh, the greatest hits from thirty yards that I've seen at White Hart Lane. Chimbonda, as I say, was. Probably lucky to make that list, but a good right back. But um, no, I'm going to go for Walker. He revolutionised our team. He was a, he was a very you know cheap signing from Sheffield United, and he ended up for I think a while being the best best right back in the country. A, an amazing combination of strength, pace. I think a better passer than he sometimes get credit for. Yeah, I'm going to go with with Carl Walker. So, truth told, on Chimbo. Uh, Steph and I were—I had a fight over whether to include Clive Allen or Rafael van der Vaart there as a as a make way, and couldn't agree. So Chimbo, Chimbo was the was the uh, was the compromise. I'd say Trippier ahead of him. Or about what about Corluca? What about Charlie? Why did he make the list? No? Yeah, true. Ladies and gentlemen, there is dissent. This will show you how hard this pod has been to put together. We're already uh, we're already in disarray here as to the right backs we should have actually chosen. Well, I think back, Milo. These are these are good suggestions, actually. <laughs> yeah, but they're, but they're probably not going to sort of trump the other three on the list, are they? So it's kind of irrelevant, no, really. I don't a fourth, know. A fourth, well, no. a fourth place is nothing. You know, you don't even get on the a medal for that. You're in right. Olympics. So rein us back in. Rein us back in from this chaos, Ricky. Rein us back in. Come on. Um, we've got we've got one vote already from Awesome. Just like to speak up for Chimbo a little bit. I mean, this is obviously before he came to us, but I actually thought he was decent at Wigan. Mm. He had a really good career there before he kind of came our way. Um, <laughs> it was good for us. I don't think it was terrible yeah, yeah. for us. He's just sneaked onto the list, basically. But you have to admit that. But you have to admit the way you said that was epic. You said he had a really decent career at Wigan <laughs> before he came to us. <laughs> I know. That's damning yeah, a faint. Praises and it, yeah, is it the was, that, that was definitely yeah. Thank praise. <laughs> Carr, I liked Carr. He was a great player. He had he was almost a bit of a kind of slightly lighter version than, as Walker is. Mm. In other words, he was up and down, up and down. Great engine. I mean, the thing I can probably uh, nonsense from him was thinking that he could go to the Geordie Land Goldfish Bowl and think that that was a better place to be than White Hart Lane. I mean, so he's going to drop down the list because of that reason, really. Walker. I used to not really like Walker getting the criticism he did. I know he would have the old kind of brain fart tag, but his recovery power is unbelievable, like defensively, his speed. And and even now, he still does it. Mm. He just burns people for fun, and people think they've got away from him. But 
my vote is going to go for Steve Perriman, um, basically because there's only going to be one skipper in this team. <laughs> so he's got he's got to be my choice. Yeah, Milo. So yeah, I'm torn between Walker and Perriman as well. Um, oh, you don't like these moments. They're very, you're very uncomfortable when it comes to making doesn't like predictions. It, does he? Predictions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no pressure. But your choice is going to be marked forever. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen a, lot, a lot more of Walker than I have Perryman, and and obviously my memories are fresher. But but my memory, memories of Perryman are, 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 are golden, and um, he was he was different class. So for that reason, I'm going Perryman. Yeah, first of all, let me just say on Stephen Carr, uh, uh, yes, he, he was fun to watch, but he just seemed to turn into such a miserable git. Uh, <laughs> it got really miserable towards the end, and I think he was the first of the players I really remember moaning wildly about things and complaining. And as you say, then I've complained about lack of ambition and so on and so forth, which in retrospect he might well have had a point about, but then he did end up at Newcastle. Although I suppose Newcastle at that time had been flirting with success, given that that was mm. the Espria era and so on and so forth. Anyway, Chimbo, I have, uh, you know, I've, I've found this for Chimbo just because he was Chimbo. I mean, he was quite reckless in his own way. He was, uh, you know, but quite very exciting to watch. You never were quite sure what you were going to get. And I don't know, there was something, I don't know, I'm going to say that word, which everyone hates. But there was something a bit spursy about him, I have to be honest, which I sort of enjoyed. You know, Walker, brilliant athlete. Uh, and as you said, awesome, did. Uh, much to help revolutionise what we were doing on the pitch under Poch. So, you know, he was a pitch Poch kind of guy. I just wanted to get that in. Uh, but my, my vote goes to Steve Perryman. Uh, it goes to Steve Perryman, not necessarily because I think he's the best right back there. As a matter of fact, I think Carl Walker's probably better. But in terms of versatility, Steve Perryman could play three positions straight out of the box without even blinking. He could play midfield. He could probably slot in at centre-half if he had to. And he could play right back. So uh, and, and, and tirelessly and fearlessly as well. Uh, so for that reason alone, he gets my vote. Aside from the fact that I watched, he's, he's the player I've watched lift pretty much all the trophies I've ever seen as lift. I've seen him lift them. Well, the UEFA Cup, I suppose, Graham Roberts shared it with him because he wasn't actually playing that night, but he was out there. You, you know what I'm saying. Mm. Always felt a bit sorry for him because of that. Yeah, yeah. But Robbo made sure to include him. I mean, he was included, although, yes, yes. Anyway, anyway. Steve Perryman. We go on to centre-backs. Centre-back row number one. Gary Mabbott, Graham Roberts, Toby, 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 Toby Alderweireld, and Michael Dawson. Ricky. Kick us off. Okay, uh, Mabbott. What can you say about Right, Mabbot? thank you very much. You've made your vote. We <laughs> no, no, it's not. No, well, obviously I'm giving away. It's not Mabbott now, aren't I? No, um, <laughs> um, I can't. You can never say anything bad about Mabbott. He's such a he's such a great person, such an ambassador for this club and everything he's done. And even when he played, I mean, I think he played midfield for a while, didn't he? Before he then became yeah. centre half, central midfield. And of course, the temptation. Can I, can I, I've got to butt in. Can I just ask you, do you remember the first time that you heard that he was a diabetic? I remember hearing that yeah. as, 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 a, as, a, as a teenager and it blew my mind that this guy was playing. I mean, you know, with, but that it blew my mind. But anyway. Yeah, to be able to manage that situation and be of a professional standard, well, the top oh. professional standard is, is, is something else, really. So I think it's he used insane. to say he used to sort of about to really manage his sugar levels with various things and then injections at half time or a digestive or something like that, I think it was. But mm. fair play to him to, you know, and he obviously... Suffered some terrible injuries as well, thanks to um, Wimbledon. Yeah, I mean, Mabbott, Mabbott was a great a great leader. He'd give everything for the club and he 
and the temptation would be he obviously had an imperious year there when he was with Richard Goff but you know he's on the other list but that would be a reason to include Mabber. Um Dawson once again wholehearted player I see a lot of Rodon in him but Rodon's mm. technically more gifted I think so um, hopefully that bodes well for, the, for now Alderweireld another reliable defender solid uh, knows the game well it's good concentration levels and Roberts what can we say about oh, seems like I'm going, to, I'm going back to the old players all the time but um, if you want a kind of Roy Keane type of player in your team who's really just going to run through the you know I know it sounds a bit old kind of English style of football if you want someone to run through brick walls for you and just basically grab everything by the scruff of the neck and maybe um, kick Charlie Nicholas into the old stand <laughs> then um, he's your man so so uh, Graham Roberts it'd be for me Robbo Milo Mabs Go Mabbit. He's my captain. So again, I think it probably is going back to that childhood thing. But you know, he's he's the one who was there through. I suppose when I first started seriously watching Spurs or seriously watching football, he's the one who was there through all that time. He was kind of the heart of that team, and kind of everything he's done since hasn't made me love him any less. So yeah, Mabs. I'm going to shuffle this around a little bit. Awesome. I'm going to go next, and I'm going to give you the casting vote, and I'll tell you why. Because I, I I'm sort of I don't want this to become. Uh, sort of dictated by age actually which I fear it might be because when I look at these selections uh, again you know who can question Michael Dawson's wholehearted commitment to our club uh, what a uh, and and what a, a, a let's just say what a lovely bloke I mean my word what a what a lovely geezer Toby absolutely for me a key for Poch as well I have to say I I had not particularly seen it in him before I hadn't particularly been a believer Poch showed me that there was a great player there and he has given us some great service. Gary Mabbott, there are no more platitudes to add and I won't even attempt to. He speaks for himself and again, just such a brilliant ambassador for this football club. And Graham Roberts is is just, I mean, you talked about, we were talking about uh, England-Scotland earlier off record and the Braveheart came up and I started to see Mel Gibson with that horrific mullet or whatever it was and and I started to think of Mel Gibson films and and all the, the crazy, like, you know, Mel Gibson done some crazy films in his time, especially uh, he did Apocalypto, which is absolutely mental. And then he did that mental biblical film. And I, I think of Graham Roberts in that fond way of being mental. He's just absolutely bordering on psychotic, but also incredibly skillful. He had moments of skill that were really not spoken of. Um, the run that he made to win the penalty for the 1982 FA Cup final was, was brilliant. I mean, it was a brilliant piece of skill. Popped up in the UEFA Cup final with that vital, vital moment to, to hammer that equaliser home when nobody thought it was going to happen. So common sense tells me Gary Mabbott should get this vote because he is just such a measured player. Uh, and in the modern era, I think he translates a lot better. But I can't help myself. I'm going with Robbo because I just want a, I just want him there because, you know, he lost his teeth for us, for Christ's sake. And, you know, he lost his teeth for us off his own left-back's boot. Chris Hutton kicked his own centre-half's centre teeth out in the 1981 Cup final. Right, so I'm going, for, I'm going for Graham Roberts. And, and awesome, you now have to make sense of this. I'm gonna I'm gonna dive straight in and address the fact that my uh, my username on Glory Glory is one of these players, and I don't I still to this day don't know why I picked that username. He was an amazing servant to the club, as as others in this list are, but he um he benefited from being around King. Um, but Dawson, what I remember with him is just his ability to win more 50-50 balls with his head than he ever should have done. And he was kind of like the uh, the pioneer of the 50-yard the uh, diagonal, it seemed to me, which 
Moving on to the next name that I'm going to go through on the list, Toby almost advanced it to become a genuine assist threat for for that that good team that um, Poch cultivated. And I, I think that Alderweireld has still got a hell of a lot to give. He defends with his head, not with his uh, pace, and I think we've been very lucky to have him. Mabbert, it's interesting that you mentioned the the diabetes thing. He he's kind of where my Spurs memories really kick in. You know that '87 final. Scoring that own goal against Coventry was just harsh. But yeah, type type 1 diabetes as well. He's not even just type 2, which is the more common one. He's having to inject himself with insulin several times a day and be a professional footballer. And, you know, I've had friends with type 1 diabetes. It's it's a horrible illness. God knows how he's managed to keep that going. But one of the nicest stories I've heard of Mabbott in recent times is during COVID, he was, he was phoning up. Old, you know, old Spurs fans just to keep them engaged through a difficult year for hours a day. I mean, the guy is beyond a servant to the club. He is Tottenham, and I think for that reason, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him the nod. I think it's, it's inexcusable not to have him in our team. As I see it, there's two Mabbots and two Roberts, and awesome. As I handed you the gavel to make the casting vote, the casting vote goes to Mabs. Gary Mabbot. There we go. Our next centre back list. Ledley King, Jan Vertonghen, Richard Goff, Jonathan Woodgate. Milo, why don't you kick us off? Four fine defenders. Um, King, I, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to keep you in suspense. It's going to be King I'm picking, obviously, because he's the best out of this bunch. Goff was fantastic. Only spent the season with us. So as great as he was, he's not he's not eligible as far as I'm concerned. Vertonghen was absolutely brilliant and he obviously tailed off a little bit towards the kind of the last year or so of his uh, time with us but was um was fantastic uh Woodgate yeah fine you know good defender you know good signing at the time but he feels like a Leeds player to me or a you know Newcastle player he doesn't feel he's not a Spurs player in you know in quite the same way as some of the other people on this is King awesome yeah I can't argue with that I think you know Vertonghen was a class centre back, as as were the other two, particularly Goff. Um, but Ledley King was uh, he made the game look he made the game look easy, and he gets my vote. Ricky, yeah, I think um, just on Yan, uh, the one thing I always loved about Yan is just the I like watching players that individually are beautiful at playing the game, similar to Musa Dembele. You know, he might not reach the heights that you think he should, or he's, or but just a, a player that really understands the game and is so cultured and so skillful. Um, but yeah, King for me as well. I think it's, it's no surprise that everyone says that if he didn't have dodgy knees, he'd be playing for Barcelona or Real Madrid or something like that. I think that's all kind of true. And the other thing with him is he he made the person next to him play better or look better. So mm. And that's like a massive point, I think. So um, letters for me as well. I love the man. Well, it's a clean sweep, you know. Ledley had vision, a tremendous vision, uh, probably the cleanest tackler I've I've ever seen play for us. Uh, you know, I think Thierry Henry mentioned that he was the one player that never fouled him, but that always used to beat him. I think he made a reference to that. Uh, I think if you mentioned Ledley King, you do have to give a special mention to Nybet, who came in mm-hmm. for that one season and I think really did a tremendous amount to help teach a very raw Ledley about some of the things in the game with regards to reading it and so on yeah. and so forth. So credit to Nybet for that. Jan, you know, probably one of the best left-sided centre-halves I've ever seen. Richard Goff, yeah, okay. I, I, I can say that I never really loved him either way. He stayed for a season and then he and then he buggered off, didn't he? Uh, so it's got to be Ledley King. It's got to be. So we're all agreed. Uh, we move on to uh, we move on to left-backs. Benoit, Asu, Ikoto, Mr. Danny Rose, Chris Hutton, and Christian Zieger. 
Ricky? Oh, this is quite tough because I do love Benny. And I think for 18 months, probably, he was really a seriously good left-back. I know he had other times when he wasn't as good, but he really was on his game. And he used to go quite a lot. And you can watch a player more so than if you're just watching on telly. You'd really notice some great things about him. Danny Rose, as we've spoken about him a lot recently, what a servant to the club. Um, even if he's got things going on in the background, as soon as he crossed that white line, he's wholehearted. He is in the game and he wants to do his best for us at all times. Chris Hewton, mega reliable left back. Played so many years for us. I think he even played in the 87 Cup final, I think, which is seems almost like another era after his main era. And Ziga, what a crosser of the ball. It's bang on with the left foot all the time. He was, you know, that's all you'd ever want him to do, and free kicks, uh, but didn't really play that much for us. Um, I think I'll go for Danny Rose, I think. Someone, you know, full-hearted, gives everything doesn't let the opposition roll him. In fact, gives it more the other way than that. So, um, yeah, Danny Rose for me. And good awesome. luck, Danny. Good luck at Watford. Yes. Awesome. I'm going to go Danny Rose as well. I think he just edges it for me above uh, above Benny. I think Benny benefited a lot from having Pete Bale in front of him, and he did combine extremely well with him. But Rose, Rose you're going to get a, a good, solid performance out of him more times than you're not. And I think with Benny, there were... There were bad games in there, but um, yeah, Rose for me. Milo? So, I love Benny. I love, absolutely love Benny. But yeah, Hewton, I'd say, I'm thinking about something you said during the week, Steph, about Hewton almost redefining the role. It got me thinking, but Danny Rose and uh, Carl Walker were the best two fullbacks in the country for a couple of seasons. And they were so important to how we played. I'm going to go Rose as well. Fair enough. Uh, look, Benny was brilliant. I, I loved him. What an entertainer. What a man. What a unique individual. So, uh, you know, he will always have a fond memory. It will always be a fond memory for me. Christian Ziga, yeah, he belted in a few good free kicks. I can't say um, he was ever a particular favourite of mine. Danny Rose, we've said everything uh, I think there is to say about him, both on the special pod, which if you haven't listened to, I heartily encourage you to do so. Go back in your uh, files and make it the next thing you listen to after this here pod you're listening to now Chris Hewton yes Chris Hewton did redefine Chris Hewton completely for me redefined the role of, of a fullback he was the first fullback I ever saw really play like a wingback and there's only one other fullback in the country who was playing that way that I remember and that was Viv Anderson and so uh, for both for nostalgia and also being in the, for, for invention I'm going to give my vote to Chris Hewton because he was a pioneer uh, and and I, I saw him score some great goals as well. Uh, I, I just, he was a favourite of mine and he did, as you said, Milo, he did redefine the role. Albeit, I am delighted that Danny Rose has edged our selection uh, because he's just such a, you know, such a top man. So I guess Danny Rose is the, is the team vote. Chris Hewton is my individual. So that being said, we move on to right midfield. Christopher Waddle, Darren Anderton, Aaron Lennon. And Eric Sonsonson, he's our number 23, going to Awesome Dawson. You can say it all to me about this selection. What a list. This is where it starts getting difficult, isn't it? That's why I handed it to you first. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm weighing up between Waddle and Ericsson because Waddle was the time, around that time with Hoddle when I got into Tottenham. And I think for that alone, I owe, I owe him a huge debt of gratitude. I think when you look at the quality of the, the four players. I think Ericsson maybe just had more more in his locker. Um, but no, I'm uh, I'm going to go Waddle. Ooh, controversial start. I like this. I like this. Milo, come on, beat that. <laughs> I mean, Ericsson's a very different player from the other three, and he is one of the ones where it was a bit difficult to fit him into a four four two. Straight, you know, when we when we bring this together, Waddle. 
was great. Anderton, much maligned. So still our record Premier League appearances, which, you know, for everything, you know, goes counter to everything everyone says about him and was a fantastic player, both for Spurs and England. Lennon, uh, you know, we spoke or we had a pod out a couple of weeks ago about players who played for Spurs and um, and Everton, and uh, we spoke about that then. Uh, we spoke about Lennon then, and he was so exciting to watch, wasn't he? So exciting to watch. And Ericsson, I mean, this week particularly, yeah, I think it's hit everyone, everyone in the Spurs family really hard, what happened to him at the weekend, and yeah, everyone in, in football. So I think my heart is going to rule my head here. My head was going to say Waddle, but my heart's saying Ericsson, and, I can't, and this week I can't I get past my heart, so I'm going Ericsson. Excellent. From uh, from Milo's heart to Ricky's uh, cold, incisive uh, uh, decision-making. Or will it be your heart? Well, this is tricky. Uh, awesome's right. This is we get tricky, tricky, Ricky. Yeah, tricky, Ricky. Don't we, awesome? <laughs> <laughs> this this is the difficult stage, I think. Anderton. I used to love. He had such a great thing with Barnby and Sheringham, mm. and I think cut this if this is wrong, but I think he actually got a bit mistreated about his injuries, didn't he? Didn't some of them get misdiagnosed, or he got told? In other words, it wasn't all his fault, if you see what I mean. And plus, the sick note tag was a bit of a slightly incorrect, I think. Mm. To a certain degree as well. Yeah. So um, um, I do like the Waddler though. I lo- I just love the way he can sell that same old dummy to every fullback, and sometimes he'd sell it to them, and then just wait a bit up the wing for them to come back, and then sell it to them again, and they would just be suckered in every time. <laughs> and um, I've got great memories of the Waddler, Waddle and Hoddle, Diamond Lights. Let's get them back together, um, as well as um, in this team. Uh, yeah, Waddle's my vote. I'm not going to complicate it. Okay, uh, I'm going to come in and say that this. Is, I'm just going to echo what everyone said. This is an incredibly hard category. I mean, Aaron Lennon. I'm going to start with Aaron Lennon brilliant what an exciting player to watch and and what a uh, 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 without being disparaging and Milo you can cut this if you want but what a pocket rocket of energy I mean you know just dynamite I mean really just electric to watch Shaggy as I'll effectively call Darren Anderson <laughs> and that is obviously a nickname that was applied to him off Scooby-Doo if nobody gets that um, and if you don't you should watch Scooby-Doo and it will sort of make some sort of sense I, I, I agree much maligned and, and, and really not given the due that he was des- uh, that he deserved and, and I was one of the people who used to criticise him back in the day for being injured so and so forth but I was in my 20s and late 20s then and I didn't really know about the world did I when you look back this guy dealt with an awful lot and he did end up playing a hell of a lot of football for us and did an awful lot at not some of the greatest times I would say so uh, I see that Chris Waddle yes I, I appreciate that the romance and glamour of Chris Waddle especially in context of Glenn Hoddle and, and that whole era but for versatility and I'm going to go back to something we said at the beginning of this you know we're, we're trying to do this as a 4-4-2 because it's the most basic formation in football but you know the game being what it is you would like players who are fluid and can flip and switch and so on and so forth and Christian Eriksen can do that and so I'm I'm picking Eriksen because he he has he can he can play two or three different positions if I need him to and he's just and he's just brilliant he was brilliant for us oh Steph you're thinking ahead of yourself here does Eriksen can tuck in along our uh, two central midfielders uh, left uh, left midfielder can get forward to make a three. We switch to four three three, and suddenly it's all on, isn't it? It's all on. It's I, I, so I've got I've, I, yeah I've got to go with Christian Eriksen, and I've actually I've been waffling so much here, and 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 folks, you won't hear most of it because it'll be cut and hit the floor <laughs> because I went on about Chris Waddle's hair, which took about ten minutes. Um, so I don't know where we are. Is, is, is Christian Eriksen? Oh, we love a two all, don't we? Uh... 
I don't know. It's, it's, can I? Okay, it's got to be the casting vote, hasn't it? He's yeah. our number twenty-three, and 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 he came to play for AVB, and I and again, I, I heart overrules, and I, I mean that most sincerely. In this case, you know, I think we all feel awful about what happened for Christian, and and you know, Christian, you're you're in our side, mate, always. So, okay, well, Christian Eriksson, it is right. We're coming up now to, I think, uh, I mean, we think it's been tough so far. This is we think fair. it's been tough so far. It's, it's, it's just getting horrendous. This is Tottenham Hotspur Football Club we're talking oh. about. And we've gone through, we've gone through the defensive positions and we just are touching on the creative positions, obviously, with the previous quartet. But now it gets ugly. Centre midfield, Glenn Hoddle. <laughs> Paul Gascoigne, Ricky Villa and Mickey Hazard. And before anyone says anything about Mickey Hazard, let me tell you, in any other era, Mickey Hazard would have been the linchpin of our midfield. So that being said, awesome. Kick us off. I'm going to get straight into it. For me, it's between it's between the first two. And again, probably that's mainly down to age. But um, Gascoigne, what can you say? I mean, that... that that free kick in the semi-final is burnt into all our memories as one of the best moments of ever watching our club. Hoddle, I think, is going to get my vote because with Gascoigne, he had it all, but the only person to blame for not being the best player in the world for probably a good half a decade is himself. And I think there's got to be some repercussions for that. You know, he didn't live clean. He made a lot of bad life choices. Hoddle didn't. The, the history of memories that Hoddle left us with are just as good as Gascoigne's. And for that reason, Glenn gets my vote. Ricky? Oh, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't you split Hoddle and Gascoigne into different groups here? Is this not like, this just isn't fair. Um, <laughs> well, what, well, you say um, that. Wait until, wait until everyone hears the next quartet and they'll be yeah. saying, what are you talking about? But I understand what you're well, saying. I'm, yeah. Well, I'm going to have to betray my namesake, Ricky Too Tricky for City, because Villa's out. Sorry. Sorry, Ricky. Although that was the golden moment as a, as a nine-year-old watching that on the telly, that magical goal from him. So I'll never forget him, as my name would suggest. Hoddle and Gazza. God, this is so tough. So I've seen both of them a, a lot live. I saw Hoddle probably was his last season in 87, wasn't it? So I saw him during that season. Saw the Oxford goal. Just, you know, summed him up. Um, oh, I'm going to go Gazza. Milo. Milo. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is going to be epic. It, I'm it, so excited about this. It's a choice of two, isn't it? Um, well, it's a choice of four, actually. No, but it's you're not. It's a choice of two. It's a choice of two. <laughs> so, Hazard or Via? Um, uh, <laughs> um, so, Gascoigne means so much to me and was so exciting. But Hoddle was saying else. And I think the longevity point that also made is a really good one. I was watching some clips of Hoddle the other week, actually, when he came back and was at Swindon. And I was thinking then, I really wish he'd come back to us uh, after his spell in France. I really wish he'd come back and, you know, we could we could wipe Chelsea off his copybook and all of that because he still had it. Well, you, you could edit that bit out. We don't ever have to acknowledge it. Okay. <laughs> But, you know, he still had it, didn't he? Even then, and, you know, just started playing deeper as his career went on and was a fantastic player. But for us alone, just so, you know, with us for longer, longer than Gaza was, you know, even as a, you know, as a kid was fantastic. You know, would he have finished his career with us if, if it wasn't for the European ban and all that stuff? So, yeah, I'm going hoddle. Entrance D, lower tier, 13 and a half, and approaching 14. No, just turned 14. Screaming, pass, pass, pa. Part and then everything went electric white. 
it was it's still probably the single greatest moment I've ever witnessed live at a football match and it's the single greatest goal I've ever seen at a football match and to think that poor old Ricky Villa is not going to get my vote for for that moment of happiness alone is it tells you how stacked we are uh, for choices here yeah Mickey Hazard again I've already t- spoken about tremendous player Paul Gascoigne there is nothing I can add to his legend there really isn't it is Glenn Hoddle for me purely as a footballer just to have him in and and this is going to play into later selections we make but to have his range of passing uh would be would be just fantastic I mean he was a goal scorer as well he was he was a good 12 12 15 goals a season I think it bears out statistically all mm. sorts of goals left and right foot I mean just tremendous and he could put a tackle in I mean he's the one who crunched Gary Waddock actually mm. in the 82 cup final to win the ball that broke for Graham Roberts that then won us the penalty that he converted for the cup but awesome I have to say the point you made about how he lived uh, I think is is one that I hadn't actually ever considered in, in influencing my vote but it sort of fortifies it tenfold because he did take supreme care of himself and and had a and had a tremendous career not just with us but with Monaco as well and later with Swindon as as has quite rightly been pointed out so it is Glenn Hoddle yes I think Hoddle gets the vote and now we come to the second of our central midfield uh, dilemmas <laughs> Ozzy Ardiles Musa Dembele Michael Carrick and Luka Modric Milo why don't you kick us off so I think I said before in the pod about Ardiles being my first Love as a Spurs player. I just absolutely adored him as a kid. Dembele was what Poch did to him. What he turned him into was something else. Best central midfielder at the club at that time. But you know, you think when we signed him, he was playing further forwards. Um, you know, he hadn't played that position before. And it seems crazy now that no one had thought of playing him there before because <laughs> he was just, you know, just a world beater in that position and no one could get the ball off him. It was just impossible. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, really, really happy memories there. Carrick, Carrick was phenomenal. But my memory of Carrick's time was people not getting what he did. It was that kind of, what does he do? It was a, well, <laughs> he makes the game look really easy. And he doesn't, you know, he, he doesn't need to crunch into people because he reads the game and he gets the ball before he needs to. It's just uh, such a such a massively underrated player by our fans and they didn't realise it until he'd gone, which was really frustrating. And uh, Luka Modric, again, just, you know, something else. And, you know, the... At his peak for us, just, I mean, how, how many better players were there in the league than him at his peak? I'm going Modric. He was just, he was just something else and, um, and still playing great now, you know, Modric. Awesome. Yeah. For me, it's between, uh, Dembele and Modric. I mean, I'm looking at the kind of, it's like the evolution of our midfield where, you know, we bought Modric to replace Carrick after he pissed off to United and then we got Dembele to, try and fill the impossible hole of replacing Modric. Yeah, it's a cliche, but Modric did make us tick. I don't think you can ignore the comments that you hear from so many players about how good they rate Dembele. In the heart of that midfield with Wanyama, we were we were very, very hard to beat. And we did go that season at home unbeaten. Magic on the ball. I don't know enough about Ardiles to go in it, but... Yeah, I'm going to go Modric just because I, I think he's going to go down as one of the European greats, to be honest. You know, his his trophy cabinet is obscene and his caps and just appearances for at the top end is um, pretty hard to beat. So, yeah, I'm going to go Luka Modric. 
I was actually going to switch this uh, and give Ricky the the casting vote, but I, I suspect there's not going to be one, frankly. So, Ricky, I'm not going to give it to you this time. So, take it away now, because I don't think there's next time you'll get one. Going back to like Loris being a World Cup winner, it was so exciting when Ricky and Ozzy arrived from the '78 World Cup team. There, that was just groundbreaking stuff. It's such an exciting injection of talent into it, and un- and we just didn't know what we were going to get. And our dealers just lived up to everything. It was amazing. Debella, as I said before, what a technical footballer he spin left spin right and a bit like I was saying what he could just he could walk past the player as though he wasn't there I just never quite sure how he used to manage to do it he's such a great player Carrie agree with everything with Milo said there he would be even more valuable in today's game to find mm. an all-round midfielder there that does that job quietly and with no fuss and also not only does he in- intercept it more than he tackles because he reads the game so well he then passes it forward in those passing lanes rather than gill it and give it mm. sideways great player but yeah I'm I'm in the Modric boat I think I think I think Awesome's right there he's going to go down I mean he's still churning it out for Real Madrid we had quite a good few years with him and you know we all thought well I don't think we all thought that, but everyone said, oh, I mean, I think some clubs passed him because they thought he was too small. He was never going to make it, you know, in that mm. kind of centre. But he's a tough little bugger. You know what I mean? He's just... And he's he's got all the tools to avoid anything like that anyway. He can brush people off. It doesn't matter if they're monsters that are playing against him. He's, he's a pure quality, Modric. Yeah. I mean, having seen Ozzy many, many, many times, Ozzy and Modric, are, 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 for me, were quite similar players. Mm. You know, they both fulfilled a very similar role. And, and so it's... Yes, uh, it gets to a point. I mean, look, uh, let me address Moussa Dembele and Michael Carrick as well. Both wonderful players. They're not in my selection. Simply in my mind, for balance, I wouldn't have them because I've already got Glenn Hoddle and I want someone who I feel can complement him best. That's my personal take. So it's between Aussie and and, and Luca, and I'm going to give it to Luca as well, just because uh, you know, I, well, I guess because Luca's played longer and, and, and frankly been more successful than Ozzy was. But that's not a denigration at all on, on Ozzy. Either one would be fine in my side alongside Glenn Hoddle. But there is an intrigue of of just imagining a prime Glenn Hoddle and a prime prime Luka Modric in the centre of your midfield. I mean, goodness gracious, it's mouth-watering, isn't it, lads? It's some midfield, isn't it? I mean, yeah, yeah. Just so, some, yeah. anyone playing in front of them is just going to get... It's, it's going to be a feast, isn't it? It's going to be service with a roaring grin, you know? Unbelievable yeah. pairings there. There could be out of that list. Or, as you say, if we yeah. play in another formation, it would just be... It's just the vers- And the versatility yeah. so far. I mean, just to say, before we get to the final run here of, of left midfield, I mean, we've, we've got we've got Ericsson, Hoddle and Modric, and now we're going to the left midfield. Uh, and again, you know, fluid formations, flexibility, so on and so forth. Bear with us. You know, we're, we're having fun with this and we're also trying to be cognizant of the fact the game has moved on from 4 4 So bear with us when we say left midfield. Um, but I am saying left midfield and I'm going to say Gareth Bale, Son Young-Min, David Ginola, who, apologies, David, we forgot to mention you in our Everton pod as was pointed out by a couple of very astute listeners, because he did, of course, play for both clubs. How could we have possibly forgotten? And Tony Galvin. Awesome. Going to go to you first. Ginola was probably one of my proudest moments of being a, a Spurs fan. That season where he won the uh, the Player of the Year in, a, I think we probably finished about eighth that season. It was just a joy to watch Match of the Day every week. He he lit up White Hart Lane. People can Defenders can cope with him. And it was kind of like this is this is why I support Spurs is for, for guys like him. And then along came Bale, and he raised the bar again, smashed through the ceiling really in terms of what one person could do in a team of 
not as talented players. Um, he won the young player of the season and the player of the season, which I think rarely gets done. And then obviously triggered a, a world record, you know, transfer. And then Sun's come in and an incredible job that he's done of making that left wing his own and being a global superstar. I mean, it's very difficult choice, but I think the season that Bale had um, before he went to Madrid, I think kind of seals it for me. So I'm going to vote Gareth Bale. Ricky? Oh, another tough list. Another, yeah, I agree with also. Ginola really was the showman of the lane and the showman of Tottenham. But maybe in an era when we just, they were the kind of people we cling to, really. So having someone that was kind of a bit magic and mm. someone we could believe in that might at least get us some glorious victories or a leader somewhere. But um, Sonny, nothing wrong with Sonny. Such a great smile, such a happy player. He's scored endlessly good, endless good goals for us. Maybe... I don't know if he's overshadowed by Kane, but um, they've obviously made a great partnership this year. But um, Sonny certainly holds his own in this league. Tony Galvin. don't remember Tony Galvin as much as some of the other older players. I mean, he was a... I remember him getting quite badly treated by other players sometimes in the sense of, you know, bad tackles and that kind of thing. I remember that happening quite a lot, which used to slow Graham him down. Sooness, Graham yeah. Sooness nearly broke his leg in the 1982 League Cup final. On purpose, yeah. I think he was... Just dis- absolutely disgusting tackle. Let me tell you, when I saw uh, Sooness at the bar in a, George- in a nightclub several years later at some league or function or whatever, I made sure to bump into the back of him with the hope of spilling his drink before running very quickly through the crowd in the other direction. <laughs> Direction in case in case he saw me and, 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 twat, and twatted me. I was still angry three years later. Anyway, uh, but yeah, getting to Bale, I think it was also. I mean, that season where he just came into his own, he was just literally unplayable. He was another player that could just win games on his own, and he just has so much power. He's such a beast of a player, and I mean. There was a little glimmer of that today. Did you see we got played for Wales and he, he, he broke on the right on his own and he was against Siyonku and I thought he was just going to like, you know, back to that season he was good for us. He would have blasted past him and just like slammed it home. But I've been there to witness some of the Bales goal. I was there. I was at the Britannia for that lovely, you know, the high volley where he span it into the top corner. Beautiful goal. And also Norwich away. Do you remember that one? Where he just marched down the pitch and just, he was just... I love players that seem to sort of just be above, you know, they're at the top level, very top level of their game. And any player that can just do it and make it look like you're all crap compared to me mm. is, you know, is something special. So, yeah, Bale for me as well. Milo? Yeah, it's between Son and Bale. Son, I think, probably has had longer at his peak at Spurs than Bale did. And. Son could play for anyone. I think, you know, this is going to sound a bit odd for a player who gets all the plaudits, but I think he's a bit underrated. You know, again, maybe that's just because he's in the same team as Kane, who is genuinely world class. So, yeah, I think Son is underrated, but Bale at his peak was just a little, you know, a level above, and he was a level above everyone. And just the power and the pace, he was electric and unplayable. Everyone knew what he was going to do, but they couldn't do anything about it, could they? Yeah, so it's, it's Bale, but I feel like I've Sonny's a bit hard done by here because I think he's really good. Yes, well, he, we'll let him know that you personally uh, uh, did him an unfavour there and we'll make sure that reaches Sonny's ears. <laughs> it's your fault. It's all on you. Uh, Tony Galvin, yes, uh, very influential in that side. And I uh, don't know if I mentioned it before, but once Graham Sunis tried to break his leg in the 1982 League Cup final, uh, was never quite the same player, but still very influential. David was, you know, he was a, a sparkle of golden light in an era when we were pony. Sponsored by played, yeah. Quite literally. Um, Sonny, 
just brilliant. I mean, what a brilliant player and again, selfless servant. But I mean, it has to be Gareth Bale. I mean, you look at you look at peak Gareth Bale. It has to be. How can it be anybody else? I mean, as we've I mean, I, I don't know how many more superlatives there are to add. I mean, I'm sure I could dig out many, but you know, he just he was un absolutely unplayable at his peak. And that final season uh with us I mean, that was, he was just, it was him versus the world. And by the way, he never got half the penalties that he should have got. He was always, people were going on about him being a flopper, right? There was the big thing was he was a diver and I never bought that at all. When a player of that physical stature is moving at that speed, you only need to clip them to send them flying. I mean, you know, and half the times that he was sent flying, why on earth would he take a flop? He would have put the ball away anyway, right? So yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it, I think it's 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 Gareth it's Gareth Bale all along, and I just want to repeat, you know, Ericsson, Hoddle, Modric, and Bale. Woohoo! Oh my word! <laughs> now for the easy bit. <laughs> oh dear, strikers. No one is going to be satisfied here. I just want everyone to be aware of that. Nobody's going to be happy. So let's just commence with the unhappiness. Our first list, one of Teddy Sheringham, Dimitar Berbatov, Jurgen Klinsmann, <laughs> and Robbie Keane. Uh, Milo, <laughs> you draw the short straw to start. Yeah, they're all great, aren't they? I'm not going to rat- rattle through all of them and give kind of big rundowns of kind of how, how much they all mean to me. They all mean a lot to me. But... I'm going to take Klinsman and Keane out of the out of the um, running straight away. Klinsman did a season and a half with us, two good spells, but you know, j- just on that alone, he doesn't qualify. Robbie Keane was a really, really good striker, really good servant for the club, apart from one blip, but not in the not in the same class as the other two. Berbatov, the way he could bring down a ball, you know, a high ball from Robbo sky high catch it on his toes guide it down to the ground without breaking stride and you know and get a shot away was just just a beautiful thing to watch he was just such a wonderful footballer to watch play just fantastic but it's teddy he was just the business and teddy made everyone he played with look better so we've got one hell of a midfield there we put teddy in there then um our other strikers can have a, have a wonderful time and teddy will get plenty of goals as well so it's teddy right okay awesome next i agree with milo on on the two who this is between i'm actually going uh i'm going to go with the other one berbatov i think yeah f- First touch is as good as any player I've ever seen. Probably Modric might be in that equation as well. But yeah, Berbatov's first touch was ridiculous. He was also, I think, out of the two of them, maybe slightly high threat in front of goal. Sheringham was a, an amazing link-up man. Um, but I've got my eye on the uh, the second centre-forward as well. And I, I mean, this is just sex on a page. But um, yeah, I'm going Berbatov. Right, Ricky, you will get the casting vote here. And my word, you're going to be stuck with the ugliest decision of, uh, I think, the whole lot. I'm going to go next. Uh, I, uh, look... Teddy Sheringham scored one of the greatest goals I've seen. Oh, I say this all the time, but I was at Anfield for his equaliser against Liverpool in the, in that cup quarter final, and it was an absolutely brilliant finish. And Teddy was my favourite player by a country mile for that era. Berbatov, I agree, sensational touch, insouciance. I mean, he was the first player I, I described as insouciant. Uh, he was the first footballer I ever used that adjective to describe because that's what he was. And uh, I still remember that great picture of him with a cigarette dangling out of his, ma- dangling out of his mouth and his hair brushed back. And he just looked, I mean, 
he looked like the bloke you wanted to look like, but if you tried to look like that, you'd look like a, you know, you'd look like a spiv, but he just looked super cool. And he was just so cool. I mean, so cool and so brilliant. And he scored such a great goal at Charlton. And my God, he, he ran so many games. Brilliant. Jürgen came back and saved us some relegation despite being insulted by Sir Alan Sugar. Uh, so for that alone, he deserves legendary status. But I am going to buck the trend here. And with a firm eye on the second choice, I'm going to give it to Robbie Keane because he's very dynamic, very, very... Um, Pointy shouty. I was going to say perpetual, but that doesn't really get it across. A consistent goal scorer, able to play both as a six-yard box striker and outside the penalty box. Very, very versatile forward. Never say die attitude. Great spirit. And yes, he was pointy shouty. And, uh, you know, I was one of the people who used to sing number one is Robbie Keane, number two is Robbie Keane, which we, you know, many of us did. So I'm giving my vote to Robbie Keane. And so, Ricky, <laughs> you will have the yeah, deciding vote I, here. I don't disagree with you with the Keane there in the sense that he, he was a great all-round player, Robbie Keane, and he scored all types of goals. One thing I would say is sometimes he was another one of those players that when he had time to think about it, sometimes he would then miss. But if you look at his highlight reel, he's, he's scored all kinds of goals for us and some real classic stuff he, when he was on his game. And he another one that was putting full effort all the time. Klinsman, great goal scorer. Maybe he'd be the man you'd think is the most, a real kind of out-and-out goal scorer out of these four. Um, Berbatov, going back to what I said before, a beautiful player to watch, someone that just, you know, make you fall in love with a game of football. Um, he used to play in his own, in his own time zone, I think. He was just, you know, kind of just, everything was so, came so easy to him. But the reason I wouldn't choose him is he, he's obviously could take a day off, I reckon. In other words, he you couldn't, you know, mentally, he might not just be up for it some days or, you know, some seasons maybe. So, but, you know, if he, if he decided things were against him, he wasn't happy with situations, he could, you know, maybe not be up. But so it's Teddy for me. Teddy for me again. I think it's we're slightly minded with who the second player is, but I think Teddy can probably partner up with most people. I mean, he's not going to give you much pace, so hope and probably my next choice is not going to give you much, as much pace either. So maybe I'm kind of, you know, making a wrong choice there or whatever, but Teddy's going to be the one. So I don't know where that, where's that leave us? How many oh, Teddies? Oh, that leaves you, that's this, yeah, you've given the deciding Oh, okay, because you did Keen and Berbatov and two, yeah, me and Milo are Teddy, yeah. You and Milo are going Teddy, which is fascinating because we do come to the final uh, centre forward pair, uh, centre forward um, to pair up. And it's interesting that we've each, couple of us, I think, have gone for the first choice based on this second. So that's what's going to make it interesting. Harry Kane, Gary Lineker, Jermaine Defoe and Garth Crooks. Uh, Milo, why don't you kick us off? I didn't see as much of Crooks as the others, so it's a bit difficult for me to um, to judge him. Defoe, great striker for us. Uh, you know, I think he, yeah, great player, but not you know, maybe you know quite top level. Um, Lineker was a fantastic striker and uh, had a good three seasons, four seasons with us. God, I should remember this because we only talked about him a little while ago. Uh, I should remember it. I was the one that yeah. spoke to him about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and a good rec- a good return during those time that time. But Kane is, I think, Kane is better than all of the rest. Kane is one of the best two or three strikers in the world. I suppose you could say the same about Lineker at that, that time he joined us. But um, you know, everything you're saying about Robbie Keane is true of Kane. He can score every type of goal. He can play, you know, deeper. He can play in the six yard box. But he's better, a lot better. Ricky, Kane. yeah, I didn't see much of Crooks, and Crooks did have a good partner with Archibald. So I'm not sure if they kind of helped each other with their success. Um, always loved Jermaine Defoe. I'm not saying he was the best striker, but he was 
He scored some great goals and he was such a live wire for us. Lineker agree, all, you know, typical great centre-forward, um, came here and scored goals for us like he did everywhere else. But yeah, I think it's got to be Kane. Uh, it's, it's amazed me how the levels he's taken his game to. And I say it amazes me because when he used to play those like Europa League games years ago, I thought there was no chance of the player that he is now in there. I thought he was looked a bit lumbering. He looks a bit clumsy. I just I can't believe where it's all come from. And it is basically hard work he's the most dedicated professional there is and that's why like milo says he's better than keen is because when the chances come he's deadly he can bury him he just knows where the he's beyond the thought of kicking it just to get it on target he is aiming for the corners he is aiming for whatever he's 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 an amazing striker and as i say he's added to his game this year in a much more he's got much more variety to his game now he's an amazing player awesome i think it speaks volumes for what a great player he is that it's probably going to be another unanimous vote and if you look at the other players that have received a unanimous vote it really is the, the greatest legends that have ever played for tottenham and um you're right, his trajectory of greatness is um, is consistent. I mean, he just does get a little bit better every season and introduces new aspects to his game. I mean, his passing is probably the best in the team at the moment, waiting for him to light up the Euros. But yeah, he, he is a lethal finisher, every type of goal. The numbers are obscene. The fact that Shearer's record's even in uh, in threat is... Um, his credit to Kane himself and, and no one else. He's he's done it on his own. He's lived the right way. And um, yeah, quite an easy vote for me on this on this list. But I will say that Lineker was uh, the Tottenham striker when I first went to watch a game live against Oxford in the FA Cup. But yeah, Kane for me. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going to uh, just start by agreeing it is a clean sweep. And uh, you know, Harry Kane is uh, part of the reason I chose Robbie Keane as well. I would love to see the pair of them work together. I think the amount of movement between them the, that they could, you know, one would drop, one would push, vice versa. I think it would be a tantalising and exciting thing to see. You know, the only other player that I could see Kane having as much fun with uh, would be Defoe. The, the old Defoe, the Defoe that was a six-yard box, like out-and-out out, like striker, that would have been a tremendous thing to see as well. And and a word about Jermaine there. I think Jermaine was the just one of the most pure and brilliant strikers and finishers I'd seen. And then he went to the World Cup and and uh, and Ericsson uh, got the idea, Sven-Goran Ericsson, of course, that is, uh, got the idea that it was time to make him a more complete striker. And I always felt he lost a little bit of his game from that, to be fair. Gary Lineker, yes, great. And I am going to say to those who have not seen Garth Crooks, uh, number one, yes, his partnership with Archibald. It was a tandem that was uh, that was that was excellent to see and excellent to witness. And a fine example of that is the equaliser in the '81 Cup final when you uh, replay when you see they both go for the same ball and uh, and and Archie steps right out that that, that you know steps out at the final moment. Um, it's it's really good to see that. Uh, but. Please watch if you can. There's a goal in the replay against Wolves in the semi-final where Glenn Hoddle plays a ball and splits the defence and Garth Crooks runs onto it like lightning, rounds the keeper and just puts it into the empty net in front of the North Bank at Highbury, which is where that game took place and where I uh, and where I saw us playing an all-white kit and on the Arsenal North Bank and everything. It was it was quite a night. And if you want to understand why Garth Crooks is on this list, because I know he gets much maligned as a commentator and actually makes me a bit sad. People take the piss out out of him but they need to realize that this guy was a a phenomenal striker really good so um a couple of highlight reels for people to check out there but it is harry kane isn't it it is it's it's kane um okay lads who gets the armband i was just giving this some thought then for me it's uh i'm gonna give it to hoddle milo between perriman and mavert isn't it pick one perriman 
Ricky? Yeah, I think I already stated earlier that it's going to be Stevie Perriman. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's spanned the eras basically from Bill Nick to Birkinshaw. So he's been under some great guidance there. He was the captain, played multiple positions, so understands the game, as you said earlier, Steph. Didn't seem a, didn't seem a kind of ranter and raver, but basically, what kind of, he's a, he's a man for all seasons, Stevie Perriman. So he gets the vote. Yeah. Yeah. Duffers unite. 54. It's going to be Stevie Perryman. Sorry, that's showing my age, experience and class. Stevie Perryman, you are the man. And whoever's dog is barking, if they agree, you can bark now. Well, the dog doesn't agree. Anyway. <laughs> right. Our final selection is which lucky man gets to manage this this bunch or coach them? Is it Keith Birkinshaw? Is it Harry Redknapp? Is it Terence Venables? Or is it Maurizio Pochettino? Ricky, I see you grinning in the corner. Come on, off you go. Oh, this is quite tricky as well because Bur- the old General Birkinshaw, I could see him. Oh, I don't know where to start really. Um, at the beginning, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just processing <laughs> Sorry, in my but... head who would be the best, but who not necessarily was the best manager. Because I think Poch will improve players and he'll get a system going, but I don't think you're going to have to improve many of these players. To be honest, I think they're all kind of pretty stellar already. Um, and in a funny way, Venables, in a spirited kind of way, might grit this group together. <laughs> sort of step your eyebrows aren't there, Steph. Um, then the old Ancelotti eyebrow there. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't let my, don't let my eyebrows do anything to your decision if um, you want to nominate terry venables as the manager of the greatest spurs side of all time please go ahead um but i just think spirit wise he's he's kind of quite good for that collective kind of thing um well, I'll, go oh, for Birkinsh- I'll go for Birkinshaw. oh go. you led us up the garden path and then you went safe oh, my the general word. general Birkinshaw. awesome i'm gonna go potch in the the faint hope that he listens to this and does come back one day Venables and Redknapp, two two peas in the same pod, and I don't remember Birkenshaw. So, um, yeah, Potch for me was head and shoulders above the others in terms of his character, the way that he revolutionised us as a club. Um, you know, I do I do love Redknapp for giving us that first season in the Champions League, and I do love Venables for FA Cup, you know, FA Cup wins, but uh, or win. But um, no, for me, it's Potch. What a lively pea pod that would be, eh? Blimey. <laughs> Steph, you and I, obviously, we, we, we're all of us. Don't are talking, drag me uh, into your indecision. Just go for it. All of us are talking all week. Now, all I was going to say is that you and I spend a lot of time working on this pod and talking together and what have you. And there'll be a frosty atmosphere in our virtual office if I pick anyone other than a, a black-shirted and black-suited Pochettino. So you make me um, sound like a bully. You no, are. You sh- if you want, look, <laughs> Milo, Milo, if you want to nominate Terry Venables no, or Harry Redknapp, no, I don't. No, no. no. If no, you no. really want to, I no. won't hold it against you, mate. Don't worry. Oh, no, it is Poch, just not in the black shirt. Oh. <laughs> the general will always have a, a, a warm spot in my heart, Ricky. I'm with you all the way. Um, <laughs> awesome. I, I, I agree. What, a, what a cheeky night out we could have with those two Japesters, <laughs> eh? Goodness gracious. <laughs> be more wind than a cyclone at the uh, <laughs> at the bar, wouldn't there? There'd be bloody gassing on between the pair of them. Be great raconteurs. But Maurizio, I love you. I will always love you. I want you to manage this side. I want you to manage any Tottenham Hotspur side. I want you to come back someday to be our manager and, and leader again. Please, Maurizio, you can wear whatever you want. Black shirts, white shirts, whatever colour shirt you want to wear. And I'll never criticise 
your sometimes greasy hair. I promise. But it's got to be Maurizio. And I'm going to cut myself off before I create even more crap poems, haikus, whatever, because I'm I'm getting emotional. I definitely heard some music under that, Steph. Can we, can I'm, we getting, I'm, getting, I'm getting emotional, but I can just say, you know, he's magic, you know? Right? So, whoa, bye well, it. <laughs> Now we will have the official team announcement read by James Alexander Milo. <laughs> so in goal, we've got Maurice, right back Perryman, our centre-backs are Mabbott and King. Left-back is Danny Rose. Right midfield, Christian Eriksen. And central midfield, Glenn Hoddle and uh, Luka Modric. Left midfield is Gareth Bale. And up front, Teddy Sheringham and Harry Kane. We're captained by Perryman. And the manager is Poch. And just think of all the subs you can have out there, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> boys and girls. And we're going to win the league, aren't we, lads? We're going to win the Champions League. Everything. We're going to win the everything. Premiership. Everything. We'll win everything. That's just it's that that would be the greatest football team that the world has ever seen, and it's Tottenham Hotspur. Tottenham Hotspur FC. That's been fun. This my word. Very difficult though, isn't it? I mean, it's. I think the hardest mm. bit. I don't know if you all agree. The hardest bit has been the players we've had to leave, that we didn't even get on the list. Some of those yeah. players are phenomenal. Well, thanks very much, guys. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers, Steph. Cheers, mate. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. We'll be back throughout the summer with a series of specials. Rest assured, you will not be deprived of the Game is About Glory content during these summer months. And in the meantime, if you like what you hear, dig through the archives and you'll find oral treasures to make your drives and dog walks and whatever else you're doing this summer thoroughly wonderful. You can find us on all your usual social media platforms such as Instagram and Twitter. So give us a follow and say hello. And if you like the pod, Tell everyone in the entire world universe, however you can, whenever you can, because your word helps us grow and my word, we're growing thanks to you. As always, thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.